Good morning, future Alex. It is day 38 today. It's April the 15th. And because I was part of a webinar by Joe Manico, an IT security expert who talked about password security yesterday, I'm just going to quickly go through what I learned. Number one is you don't want to restrict the length of your passwords, but you have to be careful not to allow unlimited inputs into your cryptographic algorithms that take up time and resources. You could basically this way create a DDoS attack on your own system. So Joe's proposed a solution which was to allow any size input for the password but put that into a non-cryptographic fast hashing function like HMAX 512 and then use that as a normalized input into your cryptographic algorithms which circumvent that problem. Number two was a quick update on the actual cryptographic algorithm you want to use. The industry standard is to use a time or resource-based algorithm, so something that takes quite a while to calculate in order to make it hard for an attacker to calculate many hashes at once. Bcrypt was what I was used to using. Now there is Scrypt and Argon2, which not only have a time parameter, so it delays the calculation, but also a resource parameter, which means it takes more resources like RAM to calculate. Last but not least on the new insights was a device called the UBHSM. So an HSM generally is a hardware security module which takes care of cryptographic functions like hashing inside, for example, a USB key. Now, UB is known for its UB key, which is a personal security device. And I didn't know up until yesterday that they also produced a device for providing that service to servers. And then there were a couple of things worth reiterating just to make sure that you're doing them in your security workflow. First, don't prevent people pasting into your password field. It's bad practice. For some reason, there are actually security audits that flag that as a issue if it's not present as a brute force attack. I'm going to link to a Troy Hunt article on this to read more about it. But in general, don't. In addition, test your website with common password managers because oftentimes you may have implemented something that blocks them from working using their auto-type mechanism or their auto-fill mechanism. Another common mistake which happens due to usability very often is on your forgot password form. If the user enters an email address that does not belong to user account, you will often see an error message saying, this user does not exist, please try again. But by showing this error message, you have confirmed that this email address does or does not belong in your database. So an attacker can go and find out if Jeff Bezos is your customer, for example. So you don't want to do that there. You want to not display an error message either way. You want to say, we have sent an email. And you want to actually send an email in both cases. So if the user account exists, you send them the reset link. If the user account does not exist, send them an email as well, but tell them that that account does not exist so that only the person who owns that email address gets the information. Now that second part with sending an email in both cases is also important to prevent a timing attack. If the server response to your system requires longer in one case, so if the user account is created because you're sending an email, but it does not require as much time in the case that the user account does not exist, well, then it's very simple for an attacker to figure out which email addresses are in your database and which are not.
Of course, add captures to your forgot password forms and have some form of lockout mechanism for failed login attempts. But beware not to open yourself up to an attack where a hacker will try multiple user logins and lock out users from your service that way. Last but not least, he recommends outsourcing security, authentication, and possibly even authorization to a third-party service that specializes in those services. Auth0 comes to mind, which I've used in the past. I'm a bit on the fence on this. I don't like transmitting user data to a third-party service, but at the same time, yes, they will always be better at providing industry best practices compared to me as a solo bootstrapper. All right, that's all for today. Share the episode if you think someone could benefit from it or go to futurealex.com to subscribe and for a full transcript and any links that I've mentioned. I will talk to you tomorrow.